0: Welcome to The Disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical 9 to 5 grind. On this episode, I'm speaking with Dawn Strachan, the founder and franchisor of Clara James Tutoring a tutoring franchise offering one-to-one tutoring to children at home and online dawn herself has worked in various child care settings for over 20 years each unique in their own way uh, looking at early years mainstream children with profound autism that couldn't cope in mainstream schools adults returning to education or in their work setting as well and um, this has developed a keen interest in different learning styles for dawn and Add to this her experience as a parent, the foundations of Clara James Tutoring were formed. They were actually established in 2012, um, with Clara James Tutoring taking on education and learning that has made them stand out from their competition, and the business grew rapidly from there. So now in 2023, they have a team of nine tutors working under the Clara James brand in the Aylesbury area. They've also got their first franchisee based just down the road as well. Now, sometimes with professions like teaching and tutoring, it can seem from the outside, like they're all the same because they've got to follow some sort of curriculum. So I'm interested to actually find out from Dawn why her business is different, what she does different to all the other tutors. So let's get going. And here is my interview with Dawn Strachan, the founder and franchisor of Clara James Tutoring. I hope you enjoy it and I'll catch you on the other side. So, Dawn, welcome to the disenfranchised. How are you doing today?
1: I'm very good. thank you for having me
0: good it's um it's a pleasure to speak with you again. We obviously caught up last week um I'm looking forward to to sharing your story with everybody but um before we do uh before we jump into that story, I wanted to ask you the the same question I ask everybody and that's um I'd love to find out what was your first job?
1: My first job well, my first job was in the local um greengrocers on a Saturday morning and they used to have about two customers a week one was a friend of the family and one was my dad and then once those two customers had been through she generally sent me home so if I'd earned as much as a fiver I thought I was doing well if I hadn't then um I just spend my money on grapes and use it as money or use it to help me revise in the afternoon for my GCSEs
0: (laughs) (laughs) fantastic it sounds like a good job that one is food involved (laughs) so it really was
1: yeah probably the best. Not the best job, but one of the best jobs I've ever had.
0: <laughs> Excellent. So, how comes you're not a greengrocer then? Now then.
1: Um, I guess if only two visitors ever came into a shop, it could get very dull. If <laughs> you're doing it full time.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It fair didn't enough. inspire me. No, and 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 at that time, then did you did you have um an ideal career in mind? Did you know what you wanted to do when you were older?
1: Yeah, I wanted to join the ambulance service. I wanted to be a paramedic.
0: Okay. And that that well, was
1: the goal. And so well, when uh, I finished my ALET, sorry.
0: No, I was just going to ask, um, you know, what why that? Why um what interested you about that role or that career?
1: I don't know. Um, I guess part of it is my mum's of the generation where uh women are either nurses, teachers, or stay-at-home wives. And so teaching didn't appeal being a staying-at-home wife didn't appeal so that left nursing cause I, but I didn't really want to be a nurse I fancied something with a bit more grit to it than that so when I finished my A levels I got a job in the ambulance control room and then um, life happened and I left and had the kids and everything <laughs> changed. <laughs> cool
0: so um, so what what happened after you had the, the, the kids then and, and how old are they now?
1: um they're no longer kids really my oldest is a mum she's 27 uh my lad is 25 and living in Indonesia and my youngest wow. is 23 so they're all adults and independent and um but after they were after my youngest was born I I decided while they were very young, I decided that I was just going to kind of like do Saturday jobs and things to fill in my days. And then we were on holiday. We'd li- moved up north and we were back on holiday down here. And um, when you see what other people had done with their lives, you kind of think, actually, I want a bit of that as well. So when we returned back up to Scarborough, I went into the playgroup where my young oldest daughter was going and kind of said, Would you mind if I went in as a volunteer while I um, did my diploma in preschool practice? and um, Yep, you welcomed me in with open arms. And I guess that basically changed my life. Within a few weeks, um, they took me on as the Senko and um gave me the responsibility of doing the policies and planning. And then once I finished the diploma, I then started my degree through the open university because with three young kids um going to university full time didn't work. And um while Clara, my oldest daughter, was um am I okay just to jabber away.
0: Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah please do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, my uh, my oldest daughter started the juniors and I thought she might be mildly dyslexic because she, she could write something down and she could spell the same word four or five different ways. And if you kind of said to her, just double check your spelling or whatever, she wouldn't be able to see the difference between any of the words. So I'd done this course on reading and spelling. And as part of the course, you had to have a case study. And um, I used her as my case study. And at the end of it, the tutor kind of said, look, I think it's worth having a word with the school. So I plucked up my courage, went into the school and said, look, I think she might be mildly dyslexic. What do you think? And um, they said, well, dyslexia is basically an excuse for laziness. Can't see what your problem is. OK, <laughs> so I didn't have the confidence to find my corner. So I thought, well, if I can learn what I can about different learning styles and different learn um, learning difficulties, it would complement what I was doing as my degree. But I might also be able to help her. And um I've since discovered your own kids generally don't want their parents' help when it comes to kind of like learning. But um yeah. over the coming years, I I worked in I worked in this, that school where they said that she had um or dyslexia was an excuse for laziness. I worked in the reception class where there are four children with ADHD. Um I worked in a residential hostel where children who had profound autism that couldn't cope in mainstream school. Um I worked in early years settings I worked as an NVQ assessor I worked in all sorts of different kind of like early years and educational settings and the things I was finding were that um, when we were relaxed we um, were more susceptible to maintaining information but also we learned better when we were actively involved and I just presume that things have moved on since I was at school and it was just about textbooks and the teacher writing things on board and on the board and I thought oh. Education is actually quite interesting these days. And I just presume that was how things did it, or how education was now done. So when we moved back down here, um, worked as an MVQ assessor for a while, and then I worked as a childminder, um, because being an MVQ assessor just didn't work with the kids being at school and kind of school hours and stuff. And um, long story short, basically stopped the childminding. And to pay the bills, I got a job in local opticians and very, very quickly realised that was not my goal in life either. So I went back to college to do what they call the Petals course. And um, while I was there, a lady kind of said, because the goal there was that if I could kind of like do the MVQ assessing that I enjoyed, but in a fixed environment with a fixed hours, it would be fine. And um, while I was there, a lady kind of said, oh, why don't you try tutoring? don't really fancy that she said oh no you'd really enjoy it you get to work one-to-one with the children she kind of like gave me this big sales pitch and eventually she kind of like talks me into submission okay I'll give it a go because nothing else it will um hopefully provide us a summer holiday for the kids and I each year and um she was right I did really enjoy it she gave it up after a few months but I found that I I actually had found my calling in life and um when I wrote my first profile I just kind of put Hi, this is me. This is my experience. And these are, this is what I believe about education and how we learn. And um, it just took off from there. And it's been going ever since.
0: So just just to w- rewind a little, little bit. So you said the course was called Petals?
1: Yeah, Preparing to Teach in the Lifelong Learning Sector. So it's basically it gives you the qualifications so that you can teach in an adult em- educational environment.
0: Right. Okay. And and um, what was what were you thinking? Was your your kind of ideal goal as a as a job at that point? Because you said tutoring wasn't really um, yeah, I,
1: the forefront of your mind. I don't think I really knew. I just knew it wasn't the opticians. And when I started <laughs> working in the opticians, I kind of said, "Right, I'm never going to have my own business again after childminding, and I'm never working with children again." And but I didn't know what I was going to do. So I decided to actually start my own business and work with children.
0: And <laughs> of course, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah obviously. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? But so yeah, it just kind of happened by default, but it's probably one of the best things I've ever done.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? That um I guess people think their own business and working with children, they've probably got a preconceived idea of what that is. Some for somebody that might be a kid's activity or it might be child-minding, or yeah, it might be tutoring. And it doesn't necessarily mean that's the right format for you. There's there's a few different options, and um, it's it's good to hear that you found the the right one for you. But why why do you think that was a better format than than childminding for you?
1: Um, I think part of it was the kids are growing up by now, and so having kind like little kids around the house all the time didn't necessarily work with my own. But I think as well. Um, in a lot of respects, it's very similar because the format we use, because a lot of the children we work with have some form of learning difficulty, I think because that was how I wrote my first profile, was basically saying, look, um, this is how I believe we learn relearn, and this is my background source thing. And I spoke about the dyslexia and working with children with the aut- um, on the autistic spectrum and stuff. And um, so when I wrote my profile, I kind of like said, look, this is my experience. And then because I believe, I'm going to rant on a bit now, but basically what, what I understand from, is that if the child's enjoying themselves, more likely to learn and each time you do something, you create a memory. So if you just do, if I just gave you one worksheet and ask, and then another worksheet and another worksheet, you'll make, you've started with one memory and then you're just making that one memory stronger and stronger and stronger. So now when you're sat in an exam or if you just don't have a, the sort of brain that thinks in a linear fashion, your brain's only got one place to try and find that piece of information whereas if I give you three or four different activities to try and help you find that or give you three or four different activities to do all focused on that one thing then when you're sat in an exam and your brain's going and kind of like rattling around inside your head trying to find that piece of information it's now got three or four places that it could go to to find that piece of information so you're more likely to find it so Although we use the similar sorts of ideas of children from four to 16, if we play games, you're hopefully relaxed and enjoying yourself. And also by playing games, we can create more memories. And the thing is with games as well, if you win, I can go, no chance, I demand a rematch and we can play it again. Or and so you're making the memory stronger, or we can adapt the games for different lessons and things and so with childminding I spent my entire day playing games and now I'm a tutor I still spend most of my day playing games <laughs> for example I was chatting to a new tutor earlier that's going to be working with us and I gave him some of the games and one of them's a game of Jenga and you have um, on each brick we can either do it two or three different ways but for example if it's times tables on each brick I've written a number so if you're practicing the five times table you push a brick out and say it's got a five on there. You'd have to do five times five, pop it back on the top. And then the next person has their gun. Obviously the person that makes it four is the loser or the person who doesn't make it four is the winner. But I still play and spend most of my life playing games. So in that respect, <laughs> nothing's really changed. I can still kind of like, I have a job I really enjoy and I, I get to help people and I boost children's confidence. So that's the other thing as well. So I, I can talk forever and I get started, but- um i still i firmly believe that if um if a child's enjoying themselves they're getting they're more relaxed and if they're relaxed they participate the more they participate the more the better they get the better they get the more confident they become and it just becomes kind of like a positive spiral whereas if i sit there with a worksheet you're sat there thinking i'm bored and i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing and it just flat lines whereas and if I'm enjoying myself, then the odds are you're more likely to enjoy yourself. Whereas I've sat here kind of like looking miserable because I'm really bored because you've been sat there doing that worksheet for five minutes and I've just been sat here twiddling my thumbs. It's just not inspiring for anyone. Whereas if we're both enjoying yeah. it, then everyone's a winner. The parents are happy because they can see their child's happy and enjoying themselves and they can see the progress they're making. And um, it's a win, win, win.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, it's something that, Seems to be more and more prevalent, or I note I'm noticing it more anyway um, in 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 the business world as well as in my my kids' education. So my kids are six and eight, and my daughter um, uh, has, has gone through and done most of her times tables now. But the way she's learned a lot of them is through s- songs. So on, okay. there's a I can't remember what it is. There's something on YouTube, but they've got a whole sort of um, catchy tune. With six times eight is such, such, and seven times eight, you know, I guess, I guess I used to have that when I was younger, but not quite to the same level as this has because it's got cartoon over the top of it and different themes like rock and, you know, dance and all this kind of stuff that go with it. But it's, um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? It's adding that extra layer, Um not a distraction but it's kind of a supplementary to help get that information in in an interesting way isn't it and and I remember I I hated it at school just um you know answering questions that's that to me was so boring because as soon as I knew the formula well it's just applying that formula so why am I doing this I don't need (laughs) to I've learned the bit that I need to this is now just boring repetition to me yeah Um, exactly and and that might just been because that's the way my brain works but um yeah, it'd been better if there's a bit of fun involved in there as well. And um I can I can see how that works and why from the tutor's perspective or the teacher's perspective, yeah, it's it's got to be much more fun when you're you're doing something enjoyable with it.
1: And I think that's the other thing as well. I mean, you said that doing that was boring for you. And I mean, I'm completely different to my brother. He's a natural genius, I'm not. And then I've got three kids who are all completely different as well. And you can't think within five of us, we're all completely different people. So if you have 30 people in a class which are all completely different. So that's, I also think that we have to tailor make every lesson so that it's relevant to the child you're working with. So if for you, um, you don't enjoy worksheets, but you enjoy doing this, you perhaps enjoy discussion. Okay, so we'll spend more time discussing and perhaps doing mind maps and stuff like that, the next child enjoys worksheets. And so if they do want to do the worksheets, the next child enjoys the games. And so we spend most of the time doing games. And so it's making it relevant to the individual rather than the generic one star suits all approach.
0: Yeah, I, 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 I love that approach, actually, in, in business as well. I'd rather do um, what what suits the other individual. But um, I guess schools can't do that, can they? Because they've yeah. got to do the generic base level middle of the road kind of stuff
1: yeah, exactly. to try and
0: to try and cater for everybody so I guess that's when tutoring becomes really essential um to, to help different different students so um what what age groups do you work with now then
1: the youngest child we've worked with was four but normally it's nearer six or seven between when children get um when children start and then the oldest we work with or the highest ability we work with is the end of GCSEs, but it could be that it's an adult that's returning to education um, because they want to either go to university or progress within their job or something like that. And they need to get kind of like their maths or English in before they can do that. So it's kind of like reception to the end of GCSE and then whatever age group that happens to be, that's where it is.
0: Fantastic. So how did you you start developing clients then in the in the early days? Because um, I'm just sort of putting myself in, in your position. So you've gone through and then done some education. You've sort of had your own business. But, um, yeah, how do you kind of go, right, that's it. This is what I'm going to become. Let's go and find some people. It must be quite difficult from, the, from day one.
1: Well, what happened was when I first started, I don't have oodles of confidence now, but when I first started, I had no confidence. And so I put my profile onto a national platform and then I didn't tell anyone I'd done it because my thoughts were, If I didn't tell anyone and it all went belly up then no one knew that it had failed and so um, after a few days I had one person get in touch and then um, a couple of months the next person got in touch but because we were doing things I like I say I hadn't realized that most people didn't do things with games and different activities I thought what I was doing was just perfectly normal but because I was doing things differently Word started to spread, and within six months there was more work. Well, I was basically able to leave the opticians and just focus on the tutoring. And then within eighteen months, um, there was more work than I could cope with by myself. But it was literally most of it was literally just word of mouth because we were doing things so differently. What I tried to keep quiet, I couldn't. It <laughs> just <I'm> like, <laughs> it snowballed and it snowballed ever since. So yeah. yeah, it was. To be honest, that was what I did. I tried to keep it quiet, and it just didn't work.
0: <laughs> it's almost like those uh those restaurants are like the secret restaurants, or yeah. whatever. It always in- increases the demand, right? Because it's so <laughs> so. uh yeah. oh, I can't think of the word now, but you know what I mean, right? It's, yeah, so um, exclusive,
1: only the
0: that's the word yeah <laughs> so that's what you've done you've created the barn just by being elusive it's amazing yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> probably not the best technique I could advertise but it works.
0: <laughs> fantastic so um how has the business sort of changed and evolved over time or is it kind of yeah followed fantastic. along the same sort of pattern
1: it's well originally one of my big thoughts were if the child was in the comfort of their own home then they're, again they're more likely to relax and feel confident because it just seemed in my mind that if you took a child out of their comfort zone and get, talk, took them to an adult regardless of if it's in a centre or the adult's home or whatever, the um you're taking the child out of the comfort zone to do something they're not comfortable with and it just didn't seem fair on the child so from day one, I can kind of like said that if I went to the child's home, that would come that that way that at least they've got one thing which is familiar to them and they're happy with, even if everything else is kind of like out of their comfort zone. But then obviously when we went into lockdown, that idea no longer works. So we had to change everything within kind of like a few days, everything had to pivot. And I kind of like, okay, we can do online lessons. Forget everything I've ever said. We can we can do online lessons as well. So um because we were quite small business, it was, a, it was easy just to kind of like adapt. I could say to the couple of tutors that were t- working with me at the time, look, this is what we're gonna do. And we did things on Zoom and I learned uh, Zoom's fantastic. I don't know what I'd have done without Zoom. And the fact that you can kind of like share your screen and annotate your screen, it meant we could still play a lot of the games. Obviously you can't play things like Django, but you can yeah. still play snakes and ladders and Pairs and things, you just adapt them accordingly. And then um, coming out of lockdown, whether it's because of the pandemic or whether it's just because our name continues to grow, I don't know, but the business has grown and grown and there's now nine tutors working alongside me within kind of like the Aylesbury area. So, and we've still got more work than I can, can like handle with the tutors which are working with us. And so yeah, it's grown considerably. And it's changed from the fact that originally it was just me, myself and I going to people's houses, whereas now it's yeah. kind of like quite a big group of us online and, in people's homes
0: so the the tutors are they employees of yours the contractors how does, how does that work
1: they're um most of them are my employees a few years back when um not long after i'd started tutoring my lad was doing his a levels and he'd missed something at school and i arranged for one of the blokes that i was. when i first sorry backstepping a bit when um when i first started when there was too much for me to do initially by myself I just if you got in touch and said you needed a tutor I'd go well I know them I know of them they're a maths tutor science tutor whatever I'll pass you their number and I was really just a middleman because I just presumed in my naivety that everyone was doing things the same way that I was yeah. and um I this bloke which said that he could support economics um agreed to come and spend an hour with Jamie before an exam because he'd missed something in the lesson he just needed to go over it was charging £50 an hour plus transport and this is about eight or nine years ago and he turned up with a pen and went okay what would you like to talk about and um, Jamie said it was this and he said okay so what do you know and Jay went nothing so um he's well you he must know something and they spent the hour trying to coax out of him what he knew and at the end of the hour he left I was £50 worse off Jamie still didn't know anything And um, when I said to him afterwards about it, he said, well, no one's ever questioned it before, but I am now. So I kind of stopped Mm -hmm. recommending other people and decided that I was going to go back and try and do everything myself. And then when Jay finished his A-levels, he decided he didn't actually want to go to Manchester to do his degree. He didn't know what he was going to do. So he took a one-way ticket to Australia. Okay. And so um, that was quite a big pivotal moment. So I thought, actually, I can't keep working seven days a week because before I know it, my youngest is going to have left home as well and I'm not going to have spent any time with her so I thought if I start employing tutors that way I can say to you look this is how we do things this is the resources we use these are the techniques we use and the systems we use and everything else if you don't want to do it my way then without sounding big-headed it's not or conceited this isn't the job for you and um so now they're all using my format but some of them are doing it as a contract because that way if they're self-employed they can claim petrol and things like that back but they all have to kind of like sign and say yep yeah, okay we're doing it the clara james way yeah. rather than um their own way so but it's kind of like those systems and things which we put in place to take on the employees uh kind of like the also the foundations and the systems that we use for the franchise because i know that works because it's worked for the tutors which are working with me so I know that it would work for other people as well
0: yes yeah, so they've kind of been your pilots almost in yeah. a way haven't they to, to yeah. test out can can systems you put in place be followed and be successful and it sounds like it's working quite well for you yeah. so that's so that's good so you you mentioned franchising there so um you're now franchised the business or looking to franchise the business which stage which stage are you at
1: is pretty much ready to up and go. I've got my first franchisee. She was a lady that was working, she was working with me as a tutor, but she lives about 20 minutes away from Aylesbury and traveling backwards and forwards was proving too much. So I kinda of said to her, look, if she was willing to be a guinea pig, I would kind of gift her um a franchise package. And so she's in the kind of like early stages of the training, but she will be my official first franchisee. So it's kind of like at that sort of stage. We now just have to get it out
0: there and get it going exciting times yeah and I guess yeah. um it's um it's going to be a a path of kind of learning for for the both of you I guess and I've seen it with uh quite a few other franchise brands actually the first franchisees that are on board tend to be the ones that help to shape the business and and how it goes th- forwards because um they're going to discover things that perhaps you didn't when you were building your your business and there may be you know um a good place to go and find clients from or a different approach that could work Mm -hmm. really well at that that kind of front end which then can be taken on by you and 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 shared across the network but of course she's also probably going to receive a lot of your time and attention as well whereas further on down the line when you join bigger networks um sometimes you don't get to speak to the founder at all you know so i think it's um It's an interesting time for for you and for anybody that potentially joins the the franchise because um, I don't think it suits everybody the early days, but for some people, um, I think I'd be that sort of franchisee who would relish that opportunity to be a part of of the growth of something.
1: Definitely. And I think as well, it's a bit like when we went into um, lockdown, I didn't know anything about Zoom, but it was actually one of the tutors that taught me about using Zoom. And then one of the lads that I was actually working with um he was a bit of a computer geek he's now doing um computer studies or something at, at but he was the one that, again that kind of taught me and i i'm sure by learning from why you are still in the smaller or younger days you're more adaptable and you can like learn from each other like you say so it's a two-way benefit rather than just if i years ago it was suggested that i took on um a different franchise which is much more about um worksheets I won't name the business but um it just didn't work but I I would worry as well that if the fur the bigger the business got the more you disconnect from kind of like the ground roots and so in the early days and it is more personal it's personal to me it's personal to you it's still kind of like my fourth child if you like (laughs) and so it's you want the per. you I guess in 50 years time if I was still kind of like I don't think I will be I'll probably be dead and gone by then but because it's still kind of like personal to me you want it to do well so you want it to kind of like you want to make sure that you're the right person you want to be able to do that make sure that you can do or I can do everything that I can to help you so that yours is a success because as because it is so personal do you see what I mean or am I just waffling
0: no no it makes a lot of sense yeah you've um I guess you've got a lot of things invested in it invested in this business going well and being successful because Mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's your baby. You started it from scratch. Um, but also it's your reputation to some degree as well, you know? Um, so yeah, all all these things are are important and, um, you're, you're not that far detached. You haven't got big teams of people, Mm -hmm. uh, underneath you that are taking, you know, the task of training away from you. So, um, yeah, I think it's an interesting time. Like I say, I don't I don't necessarily think it's for everybody, but I think uh, there's certainly people out there, this is going to suit really well, who are uh, quite entrepreneurial maybe themselves, but just need that, that kind of process, that structure in place and support and somebody there because starting a business can be lonely. So doing it to, together, I think is, um, yeah, it's really going to work for a lot of people. Now, I've, I've got to ask you before we move on, um, the name, Clara James. What, what, um, why did you come about with that name or how did you come about with that name?
1: Originally, when I started tutoring, I presumed, well, this is a business and businesses have names, which was kind of like logic in my mind. So we were star tutoring because my maiden name was star. And then when I went to franchise the business, I couldn't um, trademark star, even though it was spelt with two R's because my maiden name. So but I wanted it to be something personal because the service we give is personal to each and every child that we work with. But um, so Clara is my oldest daughter. Jamie James is my son, and my dad's middle name is also James. And now my grandson's name is also middle name is also James. So it's kind of like a family link there. And then the logo is a picture of an angel, and that's my youngest daughter's name. So it was kind of like a, a morphing of my three children together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. That's really cool. I like that. <laughs> and 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 why not? Like um, like you say, it's, you want it to be personalized, personal. Make makes total sense to me and I really like it it's a nice nice story behind it cool so what's the what's the future then how how do you see this um business growing as a as a franchise as it is now I guess
1: the the goal is my 10-year goal is um that we'll have franchises a dozen franchises in place I was also speaking to a lady the other day and um well, I was talking to one person, this other lady was listening and she kind of commented. But she said, what I need to do is take our special needs um, training and get it um, registered with Ofcol because then I can get it into schools as well where a lot of the ideal franchisees, whether they be um, teachers or teaching assistants or whatever they are, it will get it into schools and get it in front of them. And it will also show people the sort of quality and it will also give us some form of credibility if you like which as an early franchisee is quite well is important at any stage but it's more probably more important now so the goal is I'm taking a step back personally from tutoring so that I can spend more time su- supporting the tutors supporting the franchisees as they come along and setting up this training to try and get it registered with Ofcol we've also started a membership group for um parents with children of primary age children and it's got different resources in there that they can actually access at home to support their children at home with the idea again of growing the brand to get our name out there and kind of like make us a national business because there's I know now that we do do things differently and I know now that without sounding bad the way we do things is actually really good we're completely different to an awful lot of tutors and you can think that there's so many children with so many different styles of learning that you want them to have access to great tutoring and I know that what we do can provide that so I want to get it out there so that more children can benefit from it.
0: Yeah sounds good just make sure it's unique unique to you guys you and the the franchise I think would be that a piece of advice I'd give because I think um makes a lot of sense what you're saying so uh Yeah, hopefully we'll we'll see um, Clara James everywhere very soon. But um, I'm going to move on now to uh, my final three questions. And uh, the the first of those is, um, do you have any funny, strange or weird stories from your career that you're happy to share?
1: I can't think of any. No, sorry. (laughs) Surely there must be. I must have loads. But my brain has done a complete blank. No, sorry, I cannot think of any. <laughs> sorry. I mean, I've worked with some really, I've worked with some really amazing kids, and I mean, there's, um, I tell you a story. Actually, this isn't. It's more of a strange rather than a. Um, That's cool. Okay, I I was talking to someone else about this this morning about a year or so ago. I started going to the to a girl, and originally the first lesson, or the lessons were supposed to be online. And it came to the day, the time logged on, and there was nothing from them. Then about ten minutes or so later, Mum rang and said, "Look, she's refusing to come kind of like do an online lesson. So I said, that's fine. They're only about ten minutes away. I'll drive to you. I'll introduce myself, and then we can just take it from there." Okay. By the time I got there, you could come kind of like hear screaming and shouting the other side of the door. And the mum answered the door and said, "Look, this just isn't happening today. So
0: mm-hmm. don't
1: worry at all. I'll come back next week, and we'll try again." By the time I got there again the following week, knocked on the door, and again, the parents and the girl, young girl were having an argument. And as I walked in, the girl kind of like sped past me and locked herself in the downstairs toilet. And the mum said, look, so I don't think it's going to happen. So I kind of said, well, do you mind if I just have a chat with her through the door? And she said, you can try, but don't hold out much hope. OK, so I kind of just sat outside the door and said, look, I've got some games with me if you want to come out and you want to play them that's entirely up to you and I slowly kind of fishing her the games under the door said have a look <laughs> see what you think and um it went right in name oh dear I hope she's not kind of like done it anyway she came out after about 10 minutes and the reason I was talking to someone else about this earlier because we were talking about the fact kids don't normally want tutors but by the time I stopped going to her at the end of the summer term, she'd got about three or four, three or four of her friends going, I've asked my mum if you can be her tutor too, if I, you can be my tutor too, because she just enjoyed playing the games and having stickers and things like that. So we'd gone from kind of like refusing to even tolerate the idea of having a tutor to feeding her kind of like games under the door to kind of like, one of my best kind of marketers ever because she's kind of telling all and sundry about how fantastic it is and how great it is but I mean we've had loads of quirky sort of scenarios over the years but I can't yeah no no
0: that's cool I like that because um I think sometimes as parents it's easy to um forget to play with with your kids isn't it you know you are sort of wrapped up in taking them to clubs and feeding them and and doing all this other stuff that it's sometimes it's easy to forget to kind of just go let's just go back to the basics so I guess for 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 her maybe it was just oh wow this person actually wants to do something fun and and maybe that's you know that's that was the in that she needed really to to open up so um that's really cool. And the fact that she's now your best marketer is <laughs> even yeah, better, isn't exactly.
1: it? <laughs>
0: cool. So, um what's been the proudest or most inspiring moment of your career?
1: I had last year I was working with a young lad on the autistic spectrum. I really enjoyed working with him. He was one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet. And I'm We'd log on to every lesson and I'd go, hi, how are you? And he'd go, I am very well, how are you? And I'd go, yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Your mum kind of said, after that, that was kind of like how we started every lesson. After that, if his mum hadn't mentioned that he was on the spectrum, you would never, ever have known about it. But at the end of the year, she sent me an email kind of like saying, look, I just wanted to say thank you because... I didn't think I'm going to cry talking about it but she said that he was in a really bad place when he started but working with us had really boosted oh this is ridiculous had really boosted his confidence and he was that's now talking good, about it? university
0: Oh wow. Well, that's amazing isn't it? Like it was... I can I can see how emotional it's making you feel as well because um yeah it's it's difficult isn't it for 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 children so my, my wife works at a school and she's um, she started out um, you know helping people with special educational needs and so uh, I hear some of the stories and the difficulties of that these these children go through and and a lot of the times they can feel like they're not heard or not mm-hmm. catered to that they're you know they've done they're doing something wrong when really it's not their fault so the fact that you're having that much of an impact um on someone is yeah it's pretty awesome and you should be proud of of what you're doing I think it's um it's really cool and and in such a fun way as well right like yeah yeah, exactly
1: (laughs) exactly I get to play games they get to learn it's brilliant Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah exactly no that's that's really cool and thank you for sharing that that with me so my final one um And I guess it's going to be a a little bit difficult for you at this point as you're so early in your kind of franchising um, experience. But um, if you're sitting in front of somebody who's um, about to invest in a franchise business, um, whether that's yours or anybody else's, um, what do you think your your one piece of advice to them would be?
1: Do it because you think you're going to love it rather than because of the financial return. Because if you don't enjoy it, then... The odds are if you don't enjoy it then it's kind of like there's other things calling you and you've got other things that you want to be doing instead then you're just not going to be motivated whereas if you're doing it because you genuinely love it then it'll make it so much easier and you'll be more invested and it'll just yeah do it for love as well as for money.
0: Amazing so thank you so much for that I really appreciate you sharing your story with Uh, me and the and the audience and um yeah i wish you all the best in in growing this business i can see you've got um a lot invested in it emotionally and um really hope (laughs) really hope it um you know starts to grow as as you'd like it to
1: thank you thank you
0: cheers Cheers. all. Bye -bye. (laughs) bye-bye Alright, so there we go. That was my conversation with Dawn Strachan, the founder and franchisor of Clara James Tutoring. And uh, got a little bit emotional at the end there, didn't I? Which was uh, nice to see because I think it shows that she's got a real passion for this business and what she's doing and the way that she's impacting the lives of the, the children that need it the most, which I think is really cool. And I think the interesting thing there for me was her approach to tutoring is not just... Very prescriptive, templated, structured. Actually, she brings a lot of fun into the um, into the learning. It's um, learning, but with a fun element to it, and and I think um, it's something that resonates with people so much. Um, so my background is uh, spending a lot of time in marketing, and there's things called advertisement So you actually look at putting adverts into something entertaining and funny. If you think of like the Fosters beer adverts you know there's always something funny to it but it's uh the messages there behind it that their drinks refreshing and stuff like that and it's similar to me anyway in the way that she's approaching the uh the tutoring obviously not the beer <laughs> element of it but um yeah you know bringing that entertainment and sort of almost sneaking in the learning as you go along as well which i think is really cool um, but it was interesting to see how she built her business as well um almost just by chance really but I think the fact that she's now got a very very successful area with tutors that are in all intents and purposes you know operating like franchisees I think that's a sign that there's some, some real good potential in the, the great business so um, hopefully you enjoyed it and um, got something out of that conversation um, if you did make sure you check out some of the other episodes that we've got there's one or two other tutoring brands that I've spoken to before as well as uh, plenty of other uh, industries and sectors that I've covered, um, experts that I've spoken to from around the franchising industry in the UK and uh, in in America as well, America and Canada. So make sure you check those out. Uh, You can find them on www.thefranchise.com as well as a bit of advice around uh, a few things that you could be looking out for in the franchising industry. If you're a franchise or listen to this, um, I've also got a franchise franchisor zone on there as well, a franchise franchisor area where you'll be able to um, see some of our services and, and what we do to help support the franchising industry and um, educate the rest of the world on, on franchising. So thank you very much um, for listening. Really appreciate you taking the time and I hope to catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.